What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's CJ Cup. And coming off of any Sung J win would have been fun. But coming off a of Sung J win at TPC Summerlin is just uh, making my heart full. So it has been a great evening, a great morning. But there's no time to look back. We've got to look ahead to this week. We have a new course. We have a great field, 78 golfers. There is no cut. We'll talk more about that. And I've got some stuff to give away. So stay tuned. Let's jump into this week's preview. Let's start with the course, the Summit Club. This is easily one of the most uh, kind of luxurious, exclusive communities that there, that there is here in Las Vegas. This golf course is not very old. It's four years old. It was a Tom Fazio design in 2017. Obviously, we don't have any data on it because this is the first time it's going to ever be played on the PGA Tour. But have no fear. I'll be out there on Tuesday. So I'll be walking the course uh, and hopefully gaining some really good information, some valuable information. From what I understand through going through uh, you know, some sources and some people who have played it, here's, here's the way that I see this course. Uh, because it is, it's not a resort course, right? But it, it's, it's made for the membership. It's made for the community uh, that does not want to go out there and get beat up. So they are larger than average green, 6,500 square feet on average. It'll play to a par 70 to about 7,400 yards. The... Uh, it, it's pure desert golf. I mean, if you just look at it, it is it is generous off the tee. Uh, there are four bodies of water that come into play on seven different holes, and they're bent grass greens, again, larger than average. So we're going to have to take that into consideration as well. You're going to hear a lot this week about Colin Morikawa playing out of the Summit Club. That's absolutely true. He's there uh, on a near, seemingly near daily basis when he is in town, playing out of there all the time. Does that give him, him an advantage? Maybe. I, I know we have a lot of anecdotal evidence over the years that um, you know playing a course that is your home course in tournament conditions can be a little bit jarring for guys. Uh, you know, pins are not normally in a place that they are. I'll, I'll give you an example. Last week at TPC Summerlin, I've played that course a bunch. All of those pins that they used over over four days, I don't think I've seen any of those. Just because they put these pins in different positions, obviously when it's tournament time. Um, will he be familiar with the course? Absolutely he will be. Does that mean that others won't be able to account for it? No. There are rumors, and I have not... Take this for what it's worth, and I have not confirmed these. I think DJ, I think Dustin Johnson has a place in here. I don't know if he's here often or uh, plays the course, but I'm I'm like 60% sure of that. Uh, take that, again, for what it's worth. When we look at the course, uh, there is no real breakdown. So what I'm showing you here is the average traits for a tour average course. I think this course, Summit Club, again, um, being long and inaccurate off the tee, I think is going to be a good combination this week. Uh, being able to hit your irons well, uh, give yourself a bunch of looks, uh, avoiding three putts on these larger greens. Those are all things that are going to come into play. When we run the custom model at the end of the show, um, we will go through the way that I think this is going to be bared out. And of course, you're not going to want to miss the live chat on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, because that's where I can kind of divulge a lot of the information that I learned when I go out and walk the course on Tuesday. There is also an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time live chat. That's the jock market power hour. That's all things stock market DFS. So you don't want to miss out on either one of those, especially for this week. The cheat sheet, yeah, fascinating pricing for this week. You know, Dustin Johnson, that didn't take long. Did not take long for DJ to get back to the top of uh, this board, 11,300, along with Justin Thomas, who is 11,001. Xander, Colin, 
Jordan, and Roy McIlroy round out the guys above $10,000. Let's start there. Um, what I think is, is fascinating about Dustin Johnson is a couple of things. Uh, one that I think most people realize and another that I, that I don't think many people realize. So uh, one, I think people realize that no matter what direction it is, w- when Dustin Johnson gets going in a direction, it's kind of hard to stop him. Uh, that, that could be the run that we saw at the end of 2020 where he's just winning everything and constantly in contention, or it could be basically the, the vast majority of this year where he struggled and he just never really put it together. So after gaining all five points at the Ryder Cup, you would expect him to be trending in the right direction. Maybe it's going to be hard to slow him down, but I, what I don't think people realize is how good this putter is been. I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal uh, basically for all, all year long since the players, the players championship that was in March. He's lost strokes putting just three times. That is a weapon of Dustin Johnson that we are uh, seeing that if he can fix the rest of it, right, if he can continue to dial it in with the irons and wedges, if he can go back to being one of the best drivers of the golf ball on the planet, this is a really, really dangerous combination for Dustin Johnson. So I think it is Certainly worth the consideration if you can get him in your lineups. Uh, Justin Thomas uh, played okay, right? Okay, at the Ryder Cup. I think nothing to write home about. The one thing that I will say about uh, JT, uh, Xander, and even Rory, even if you throw Rory McIlroy into the mix here, who I'm not as excited about Rory this week. We can talk about him in a second. Um, You got to remember that this is a no-cut event. So when you go and you start pulling up the no-cut events on, on rickrungood.com uh, here, which I highly encourage you to, uh, to go and sign up for, it's, uh, I love the tools, you're looking at them right now, you'll love them too. When you start looking for you know, no-cut events, because this is kind of a different animal, um, it, you know, guys will tell you there's, there's not that, that pressure right of, of having to go out and shoot something low in the first two rounds. But if you just sort by uh, no-cut events, going back to the uh, 2010, Rory McIlroy uh, is actually the best in terms of uh, – oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm clicking on – Cut events. Let's try no cut events. I was gonna say Rory's up there, but he's not the best. Oh yes, yes, Rory is the best. One point six strokes gained per round in no cut events. Justin Thomas, well documented, second, one point five four. Sam Burns does not have as many rounds. He's third, twelve rounds, and then Xander Shoffley is fourth. Um, no surprise that Justin Thomas and Xander are up there, right? They are the king and the prince of no cut events. Uh, JT, I believe, has ten of his fourteen victories are in no cut events, and Xander has like how many wins does he have? Four. It's like three out of four or three out of five, something like that. It's it's just he's played so well at no cut events. It's a little bit of a different animal, but a little bit surprising to see Rory up there just because. Um, well, I guess his you know his history at East Lake and and some WGC events, but don't don't forget that he's basically number one by a pretty wide gap here. The way that I see this 10K range shaking out for me personally uh, is essentially uh, as much as I love you, Colin. Uh, w- he is going to be likely the highest owned golfer here. The, the the narrative about him at the Summit Club, while true, is going to fuel insane amount of ownership. Um, so I, I will probably take a... If I'm going to get uh, exposure to Morikawa this week, I'll just bet him out, right? I don't need to be on him with 25% or 30% of my closest friends. Um, I'm going to go to the other Las Vegas guy. I, I, I like Xander Shoffley as a pivot here. He's $200 cheaper. He is in complete control of his game. Um, no cut events. He's been, he's been dominant at... I mean, he's just really good vibes. He was out at TPC Las Vegas last week looking good. I just... I just think that's probably a better pivot spot. I am very interested also in Jordan Spieth, and I'll know more about this on Tuesday. You know, 
Spieth has been a fascinating, um, a fascinating golfer this year. This this little bit of a resurgence that we've seen from him has actually, in my opinion, been driven by the driver. That's the one thing that when he was going through his really great stretch of golf, he was keeping it in play. He was basically a zero or a small positive with the driver, and then he lost that at the end of last season. Hit it better at at East Lake, but was horrible on approach. I actually think there is going to be little trouble for Jordan Spieth to find this week. Unless he's playing out of the desert, which I think is going to be pretty hard to do for most guys, as long as he's keeping it out of the water. Very generous off the tee here at the Summit Club. So I will be very interested to see if Spieth can kind of just go out, take advantage of that, not be penalized uh, nearly as much as he is on other courses. And then you look at his bent grass numbers. I mean, he is just head and shoulders. Uh, by far, that's his best surface. and And it's just... It's just a, a really interesting option uh, for someone that's probably not getting as much respect as they should for this week. The $9,000 range. Um, it's big and it's intriguing. Before I get to that, let me call out a couple of winners here because uh, these guys won subscriptions to rickrungood.com. At Just Joe Design and Duke is Beast 13 congratulations. I've already reached out to you. I will get you set up with your subscriptions to my website. If you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, uh, it's very easy to do and there are two ways to do it. Number one, if you're here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, like the video, and go ahead and comment below with who you think is going to win this week at Summit Club. The other way, go to the Apple Podcast version of this show, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice, leave me your Twitter handle. It is linked in the description. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. You do them both, you get entered uh, twice into a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. There's a lot going on in the 9K range. It's bigger than normal, and I, I, I got to point out a couple of things here. And these are not the only guys that I think are interesting, but the, let me give you a couple of notes. Uh, what Victor Hovland did last week, I think you have to be encouraged about. He, here's the live leaderboard from last week. Uh, Victor Hovland gained 5.2 strokes on approach, 5.4 off the tee. You add those together, we call that ball striking. He was head and shoulders above the rest of the field in the two ball striking categories. Uh, he then lost nearly nine. That's not a typo. Nearly nine strokes around the green, which we know that has been a weakness of Hovland's game in the past, but never, never has it been this bad. Losing 8.9, by far the worst around the green week of his career. The previous worst, 3.8. Okay, that's that's how bad we're talking here. You know, he had a bunker shot where he left one in there. He had a couple, I mean, he had a lot of really, really poor chips. But I think the argument to be made is, is this. Best ball striker uh, in the field last week. He's he's not going to lose nine around the green again. Might lose two or three. He's not going to lose nine. And he was basically a zero putter, and he's basically a zero putter on bent grass. That's that's the combination for Victor. So I'm I'm certainly uh, certainly likely to go back to him. The other thing, Sam Burns did not play well on Sunday. However, he was again. Pretty much now for for eight consecutive rounds has been one of the best tee to green players on the planet, and this is with I mean he leap, he lapped the field at um, I'm blanking Sanderson Farms right lapped the field there and was top five again at Summerlin lost strokes putting in both events. He's a very good putter. I, th- th- to me, if it's not fatigue, if it's not whatever, like he is just. He he's such a solid option. He's such a solid option right now. A um, couple of other other notes here. 
Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen had like the most quiet T14 I think I've ever witnessed last week. I'm not sure I saw a single shot of his tele, uh, tele, tele, telecast broadcasted at any point. He, again, was great tee to green, okay? Nine strokes, a little less than nine strokes he gained from tee to green and lost nearly two putting. Well, I think that's not going to happen again. To lose two strokes putting from the guy who was literally the number one putter on the planet last year, I think is unlikely to happen again. Uh, I, I I like Louis' chances this week. Now, that's not to say I don't like the chances of these other guys in the $9,000 range. You know, are we going to go back to Scotty Scheffler? Are we going to go back to Abraham Answer? I think generally the argument is, is yes. You know, the first week back after a little bit of a layoff um, can be tough to get into. Those guys did not play particularly well. But, but Louis... Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, um, they just they have my they have my absolute full attention here. The eight thousand dollar range, I believe, actually smaller than the nine thousand dollar range. Something we haven't necessarily seen here recently, but with the caliber of, of field, I guess I guess DraftKings is just saying, you know, have at it, boys. Uh, a couple of things that I think are worth pointing out here. One is Webb Simpson uh, missed the cut last week, but if you look again at how they did it. Uh, this is what I think is important. Webb Simpson, over his first two rounds, did gain strokes on approach, gained a little bit around the green, lost a little bit off the tee. That's okay. And lost a stroke putting. I mean, the guy was four under par through two rounds and missed the cut. You you get some really interesting uh, cut lines. What what we see that last year at Shriners? Seven under, right? So you could have shot a 68-68 and missed the cut. Kind of a similar story for Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak gains 1.3 on approach, shoots four under for two rounds, and misses the cut. He loses strokes putting when he was one of the better putters. Uh, and he's technically, what, your defending champion here this week. But he was one of the better putters um, here all season long. So I, I think those two, you have to look at a miscut and say, did they play poorly? Uh, you know, Abraham Answer played poorly, right? Abraham Answer, I think he lost across the board. I think he was three or four over uh, at a course that is just giving up birdies all over the place. He played poorly. And it's a lot different to look at what Simpson and Kokrak did and say, well, they didn't play all that poorly. They were four under through two rounds. Seems likely that they would bounce back here at some point. Now, with a stacked field like this, you get names in the $8,000 range and even seven dollars and $6,000 range that aren't normally there. So what I kind of like to do is reassess my, my thoughts on these players, kind of go back to the holy grail here, uh, give this a chance to, to update, and just look at the best players over X period of time that are in the 8K range. So I'm just going to say since July 1st, and actually I can do this a couple of different ways, uh, but number one, believe it or not, Kevin Na, who withdrew last week, uh, has been phenomenal on large bent grass greens. He's actually 7,800. He's not even 8,000. The first actual 8,000 guy that shows up is Shane Lowry, then Webb Simpson, then Paul Casey. Let's do this a little bit differently here. Let's go to the course key stats, and let's just look for last 24 rounds of, uh, well, actually, hold on. There's like nine different ways I can do this because this is actually weighing them for the tour average course. So let me go to the Holy Grail. I'll go to the stats page. We'll change this to 24 rounds. A million different ways I can do this. Okay, so we'll sort by strokes gain total. And we'll just look for $8,000 players. First one that pops up, okay, Shane Lowry, we knew that. Harris English, Leishman, Hatton, Adam Scott. I would not have thought that. Let's look at Adam Scott because I followed him. He was with Hovland and Hideki. 
And he was uh, kind of all over the place. Didn't play well at times, played awesome at other times. I want to see kind of how he did this. Yeah, that's about right. Gained gain four and a half on approach, not be great off the tee. He putted okay. That's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of his last eight. He's gained strokes with the putter. Really good sign there. I would not mind that. I don't think I would mind that. Played well at the Wyndham. Played well enough last week. Didn't get a great result out of it, but, you know, T35. Uh, I don't think I would mind Adam Scott at $8,100. Interesting. Yeah, the 7K range here. This is This is where it's at. So there are uh, there are so many good names here. Uh, I'm I'm a bit torn on Kevin Na at the moment, but uh, the stats, the the bent grass numbers, the large green numbers, uh, he's playing well. I get it. Um, where I would probably allocate my resources, uh, and and before I jump into this, uh, keep an eye on Harold Varner the uh, third. Congrats to him and his wife. They just had HV four, right? So I don't I don't know if he's playing this week. Uh, he is in the field as of right now, Monday morning. Keep an eye out on this. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure if he's planning on playing or not. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Couple of really interesting things here. Um, Sergio's back, right? So Sergio Garcia, who played great at the Ryder cup, uh, then had to make the trip right to Sanderson farms. Didn't particularly play well. Wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind rolling that out. Aaron wise, Aaron wise is about to make us a lot of money. Uh, that, that's what this is setting up to be. So let's, let's deep dive Aaron wise here, because I think this is critical. Aaron wise has always been a really, really good fantasy scorer. He has always outperformed his finishing position with fantasy points because he makes a lot of birdies, makes a lot of bogeys as well, but he's just got like this raw power. He can, he can fire him up. The issue with Aaron Wise for a very long time is that he's he can't putt. He was 174th on tour last year, but from tee to green, he was 25th. From tee to green, he was a top 25 player. Do you know how valuable that is? From tee to green, he was a top 25 player, 174 in strokes gained putting. Well, he has now gained strokes putting in three of his last five. One of them, he lost only a, half, a quarter of a stroke over four rounds. And the other one, he lost only 1.7 strokes over four rounds, which is much better than the four or five or six or 10 that he has hemorrhaged over four rounds at some point here recently. And I told this anecdote a couple of times last week. I spent a lot of time at TPC Summerlin last week, a lot. The almost every single hour that I was there that was not tournament hour, like practice rounds or Aaron Wise's tea time was coming up in three hours. He was on the putting green. I swear to you, every single one. He uses that broomstick putter now. He is grinding so hard on the putter and it's working. Uh, and and this is this is the, like, the verge of a breakout victory. Is it coming here? Probably not. But you are looking at someone who is already a great fantasy scorer, is figuring out the biggest leak in his game, and is now going to be able to rely on the other, I'll say it, elite aspect of his game. If you're top 25 from T to green, that's elite. If you're top 25 in any big category like that, maybe not elite, but like very, 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 very good. So I'm excited about this. Uh, we'll see. But that this is a very good statistical profile of what we're seeing right now. The other one was, uh, it's Gooch. Yeah, Taylor Gooch. He's $7,200. And this is seemingly an ideal spot for Taylor Gooch, right? So um, not only is he, is he a better putter on you know, bent grass than he is on Poa and, and Bermuda, but he is generally, generally very inaccurate off the tee, but he hits it. Okay. He hits it far enough. And then he just taps into a really strong approach game, which is what we're seeing here. Look at this. 
in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight events, he's gained at least two strokes on approach. Big number, okay? It piles up his Tito Green stuff. He's got two top 11 finishes in a row. He's got four cuts in a row. He doesn't have to worry about that this week. But like this, th- he's feeling it. This is a good spot for him. Gooch is another great option here in the $7,000 range. I do wonder what people are going to do with Alex Noren. So it, w- it feels like a decade ago at this point, but he went fourth and ninth at the Northern Trust and the BMW Championship. And most people are going to look at that and say, oh, he hasn't played since then. That's not true. Finished T27 at the BMW PGA Championship. That's a European tour event that is like their huge event. Uh, So T27 there is great. You get a lot of big names over there. And then just a couple of weeks ago at the Alfred Dunhill, this was, I guess, two weeks ago, uh, he finished T12. So he's continued to play really good golf. And the $6,000 range, um, yeah. So my eyes immediately go to Cam Davis, like, all aboard. Let's go. Uh, Cam Davis, who had his best round on Sunday, I think it was a 64 or 65 on Sunday at Shriners. That was his best round of the week. A little bit of momentum. Also, if you tell me, as uh, you guys know this, a bomber's course uh, with big greens that you are not required to be accurate is literally the blueprint for, for Cam Davis. So $6,400, uh, that is a very good price. I will also tell you this. Harry Higgs is kind of interesting. I don't know what the numbers bear out from last week, and we can actually look it up. But to me, and I, I followed a lot of him because he was with uh, he was with Doc, uh, so I, I walked with these guys. To me, he looked like he was in complete control of his game last week, uh, and he was pretty good. Two off the tee on the positive, a small gain on approach, gained around the green, and lost a half a stroke putting. That's... Pretty darn good for Harry Higgs, T27. You'd take probably something like that again this week and him only being 6,100. Now, that was a big improvement because he had struggled mightily with his approach play in the four events before this. But if he can start gaining again, I'll tell you what, he looked he looked to me to be in control of his game. And I think that that is, um, you know, as much as I love the metrics, there, there are things that the metrics cannot cannot dictate. All right, let's run a custom model here because uh, I'm, I'm going to be guessing a little bit. But, um, you know, on Tuesday, I'm hoping to learn a lot about the golf course. So let, this is what I would do at the moment. I would say uh, 24 per, last 24 rounds, I would emphasize uh, distance over accuracy. So what I'm actually going to do here is I'm going to put 15 on distance and 10 on strokes gained around uh, strokes gained off the tee. So it's 25 for driving stats, but uh, the bulk of them coming from distance. I'm then going to say approach, I think is going to be, is going to be pretty important. So let's say 25 there, 20 on putting 15 around the green. Now I've made myself a little, you know how this works, you know, blended, uh, strokes gained. And then what I will also do is put 15 on, um, par five scoring. It is a full par 72. Let's see. Let's see what this pumps out. And then I might change this on the, on the live chat and oh boy. Yeah. I mean, no surprise. Sam Burns is number one, right? There's no surprise. He's the hottest player on the planet. No surprise there. Dustin Johnson, number two. Interesting. Um, and actually, DJ and Rory are both inside the top six. So those are two guys that like I might not have played. I probably would have played Xander. I probably would have played, um, you know, a lot of different, a lot, you know, the, a couple other guys out of the 10K range first. Harris English is third, 8,900. Johnny Vegas, a name that I would not have considered, fourth. Sung JM, fifth. Rory, sixth. Cam Smith, seven. Sergio, eight. 
Xander 9, HB3 10. Interesting. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd probably want to deep dive Johnny Vegas. I'd probably want to deep dive Cam Smith. Uh, those are names I probably would not have considered. And then also, when I get out on the golf course, I want to kind of see um, what I learn, right? See how it's playing. See how it's laid out for tour play. See all that stuff and probably rework this entire model. So I don't want to put too much emphasis in the first Monday model that I run, but uh, certainly later in the week, um, that would be much more valuable. So, okay. That'll do it. It's going to be awesome. Join the live chats this week. I'll be out there. Follow me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. I'll try to tweet out as much information as possible when I see it out there in person. Uh, best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.